Praise God. Stay in faith. Amen. You stay in faith this week and we'll get to next Sunday, Easter Sunday, and we'll have testimonies. Amen. Of how God is blessing people materially and financially. Open in your Bibles, if you would, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Are you excited this morning? Got some life about you? Hungry for the Word? Praise God. If you were here on Wednesday night, uh, I began a new emphasis of ministry at the Lord's direction on the gifts of the Spirit. On the gifts of the Spirit. And the way I have it in my heart is that... uh, We'll be uh, progressing Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday in this series. Sometimes, really most of the time, uh, since I've been pastor here, I would have a ministry direction that would be different on Wednesday than on Sunday. But because we have so much ground to cover in this subject, uh, we're going to be going Sunday, Wednesday. So if you take this opportunity, if you haven't, to make the habit of coming to church on Wednesday night. Amen. We have a strong Wednesday night service. Wonderful Wednesday night service. A lot of good fellowship. We're here typically till about 8.25, 8.30. And uh, uh, usually there's food here if you're coming straight from work or something like that. And uh, so we would invite you to come out and be a part of that. If you just cannot, uh, don't forget that the messages and the teachings, the ministry time will be posted on our website, our podcast, uh, the YouTube channel, Facebook. I mean, that's all free and All that means there's really no excuse to stay current with us. Well, normally I have a text or two to start, but I have 18 verses to read out of this chapter. And so let's read it together and just stay with us. You know, we need to let the Word speak for itself. Amen. Amen. But let's pray as we begin. Father, as we uh, uh, really continue to begin this emphasis on the gifts of the Spirit in our church, we look to you for light and for understanding, for wisdom to be given to every person about the gifts of the Spirit, about their operation, about their availability, about our access to them, how they operate. Uh, And God, grant light on this subject that we have uh, not yet walked in. We're hungry to walk in the fullness of your plan in this church. And we're so grateful, Father God, for the Holy Spirit who is our teacher, as well as the manifester of these wonderful gifts. We just so thank you, Father, for all that you're going to do and that you're helping me to be an effective pastor and you're helping them to be effective uh, consumers, if you will, of the word that's being offered. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Paul says in verse number one now, In other words, that tells me he's been talking about something, but now he's going to introduce something, right? And I want to encourage you. I know that a lot of us have, you should have some devotional time. My son does. I know him and his friend Maurice here uh, going through the Bible in different ways together. But I want to encourage you either add to or go ahead and interrupt whatever you're doing in your personal devotional time and take time to read chapter 12, 13, and 14. Do it, do it several times over the next week or so. Really, you'll find that uh, 12, 13, and 14 is one continuous thought on one subject, the gifts of the Spirit and their, and their use in the local church. Now, I know you know this, but to, to help you just re, re-understand this, you remember that the Bible was not, when Paul wrote this under the unction of the Spirit, he didn't write it in chapter and verse. He just started out on it with, a, with a parchment and a pen and under the unction of the Spirit, 
he began to write. And he started with what we call chapter 1, verse 1. And he ended in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, however many verses there are. We put the divisions in there for reference sake, for convenience sake. Now sometimes that helps us and sometimes that hurts us, right? You know, for instance, if I were to ask you what is the subject of 1 Corinthians 13, what would you tell me? You would call it the love chapter. And again, you wouldn't be wrong. He's talking about love in there. But really, it's more than that. Because the last verse in chapter 12 says, Covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way, meaning way into the gifts, and then he begins to teach on love. So really, what we call 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is Paul telling us how to get into a greater operation of the gifts of the Spirit. We lift them out and talk about love in general, which is fine. Amen? But 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 is one subject. Amen? So let's read some verses here uh, as we go. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Now I wrote in my Bible that that means misinformed or uninformed. We don't want to be uninformed about these gifts. God does not want us to be uninformed about these gifts. Because Paul just said so under the anointing of the Spirit. We don't want to be misinformed. And many have been misinformed about the gifts. Right? We want to seek the truth about it. It says, you know that you were Gentiles. That just means uh, you weren't Jews. Carried away into these dumb idols even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no one can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts. That just, seem, that just means there's different kinds of gifts. But the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which works all in all. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to preachers. Is that what it says? No. To God's special chosen really spiritual people. No, it says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Now, of course, he means not every human being, but he means every member of the body of Christ. Is that going to include you or not? So, but, so this verse is to you. Why don't we say that out loud? Say, verse 7 is a verse that's speaking to me. All right, amen. What does it say? It says the manifestation of the Spirit is given to me. For what purpose? To profit with all. To profit with all. Can you see already when these gifts are in manifestation? In my life, in our life, in our church, there's going to be gain, not loss. Pastors need to go back to that truth, like I said Wednesday night. If we were to allow the Holy Ghost to manifest Himself any way He wants to in this church, is He going to hurt us? Is He going to hurt church growth, run people off, make people nervous? No, there's gain. There's profit to be had when the gifts of the Spirit are in manifestation. Amen. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, 
to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all of these works that one and the self-same Spirit dividing... Again, see this again? To who? To every man, and that includes who? Me. That includes me. Dividing to every man, notice this word, severally, as he will. Now what does severally imply to you? More than one. How many of these manifestations did he listed here in this list of nine? There are nine listed there. Should you expect the Holy Ghost to manifest through you? More than one is the answer. He didn't say all of them. He said these gifts are given to each man severally as he wills. Now, you're right in the sense none of us in the body of Christ are disqualified from any one of these gifts from manifesting themselves in our life. You understand that? But you're going to find, not to get ahead of myself, that as you walk out your spiritual life, that there'll be certain of these manifestations that operate through you more frequently than others. You know, if I got into a situation where I, I, to have victory, to, to avoid tragedy, I had to have the working of miracles operate, I'm believing He's going to operate. He will. Amen? Even though that might not be the gift that I have noticed that operates through me very proficiently. If I need it, I'm going to believe Him to do it. Are you with me? So in that sense, you're not disqualified from any of these gifts coming into manifestation. Praise God. Now, verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we, were, we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, whether we've been made to drink, we've all been made to drink into one Spirit. Is there a word that's being repeated a lot here? One. Did you notice that? I want you to notice that. So all of a sudden he's talking about supernatural manifestations. He's talking about gifts of the Spirit. And then all of a sudden, is he changing subjects? No, he's not. He's not changing subjects. Amen. He says, as the body, talking about the physical body, is one. You would say, this is my body, right? It's one. But you understand it has many members. Many members making up this one physical body that I live in. And all the members of that one body being many and one body. Notice it says, so also is Christ. In other words, the body of Christ, the church, is like that. It's like that. That's what the Holy Ghost is trying to get over to us. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. You look across this congregation. Now, as pastor here, what I believe for in this congregation, I want my congregation to look as much like heaven as possible. It means we can't all be white people. I don't want all white people in my church. But I don't want to be the only white guy either. Amen. And we need some brown people. Hello. But you just look around and there's even in this room, there's great diversity. There's great diversity in this room. And I like that. 
And you know what? God likes that. You know, if you look at the created world, everything, just look at the, think about the ocean for a moment. For evolution to be right, you don't need thousands of species of fish. Two or three or four. And you would, you would expect them to be different shades between white, gray, and black. If we're just talking about the strong survival. But you look at the diversity in the ocean. Come Right? Look at the size differences. The shape differences. The colors. The vibrancy. All of this speaks to a God who loves diversity. Amen? One of the things I like about our church is that we've got little people. Who are like the children, right? We got children here running around. And we got adolescents and teenagers. And we got people in their 20s and their 30s. And we got a good crop of people people in their 40s. And then moving through their 50s. But we got a good bunch of people in their 60s. And a lot of people in their 70s. We got some in their 80s. We got some, I think, about turned 90 or did turn 90. Hallelujah. And I love it. Amen. I like looking around and just looking at the differences. They speak to, we've arrived here today in this moment together, walking some different paths, and we've walked through some stuff. Some of you have tattoos, that don't bother me. Now don't go get a new one. But listen, you need to know that don't bother me. Don't hide that stuff around me. Right? Some of us like to wear blue jeans and coveralls, and some of us like to wear shirts and ties. We got men, right? I love the diversity. And God says, so is Christ. It's like the physical body. We're not all supposed to be the same. Right? We're not supposed to all think the same. Right? And that's, that's okay. Heaven's going to be diverse. Hallelujah. Praise God. I mean, there are going to be people that God saved from the highest towers in the CEO boardrooms. They're going to be in heaven. But there's going to be a whole lot of people that God saved from back alleys and local missions and the homeless and everywhere in between. Hallelujah. And you need to understand, are we talking about the gifts of the Spirit? Yeah, we are. You're going to find out. We are. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting what he's talking about here? Let me go ahead and read a little bit more and then I'll continue my thought. Praise God. Verse 13 again says, For, we, for by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, that don't matter. Whether we be bond or free. Now back then there was, slavery was, an, was a reality back then. And they said, listen, once you're in the body, once you, once you drank of the Spirit, once you are made to partake of Jesus... It doesn't matter if you were born free, born slave. That doesn't matter either. The same thing could be said about anything else that you want to put in there, whether you're male or female, whether you're black or white. It doesn't matter. Amen. Praise God. We're not all the same, but we've all been made to partake of one God, one Jesus, one Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 14, for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? 
And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Of course not. If the whole body were an eye. You know, we just had a church full of eyes. We're going to be freaky, aren't we? We don't need all eyes. Whatever your favorite part is, let's all be noses. I want to go to the first church of the noses. I only like hanging around with noses. I'm a nose. <laughs> Amen. Now that's what you, you have a freak there, right? Got somebody that needs some real help. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? Come on, right? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? Verse 18, but now has God set the members, every one of them. Now, does that include you this morning? It sure does, doesn't it? Every one of them in the body as it has pleased Him. Hallelujah. Look at verse 25 and 26, and then we'll make some comments. There should be no, that there should be no schism in the body or division in the body, but that the members, each member of the body, should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. What does this have to do with the gifts of the Spirit? A whole lot. Amen? You know, we need to realize as we begin talking about this that none of us are more important than the other. I am not more important than you. And you are not more important than me. And we are very much in a God-designed, God-ordained, codependent relationship one with another. Now for clarity's sake and teaching's sake, I understand that every legit Christian out there is a member of the body of Christ. The body of Christ has members in heaven. The body of Christ has members in Asia, Africa, every continent, every state, right? Everywhere. But see, our experience with the body of Christ is local for the most part, isn't it? And God calls every single one of His children to play a vital part, to be a vital part, to be a member in a local body. And that's the context we're going to talk about it in. Now, because the Holy Spirit has dealt to you gifts that different from mine, for us to have the fullness of God's plan, I need you. And you need me. And that's true across the board for every person that's called and assigned to this local body. Amen? So we're going to talk for a few more minutes here about the foundation stones upon which the gifts of the Spirit are built and manifest. The gifts and manifestations of the Spirit, we're going to get into during the course of this, I know. Uh, we'll be defining them, teaching them, how they operate, showing you examples, and I'm trusting the Holy Ghost will demonstrate Himself in these gifts. So we'll not just teach it by precept, but by demonstration and example. Amen. But it's important for us to understand at first that the gifts of the Spirit don't just manifest randomly. 
Amen. This may be a little redundant if you've been hanging around me for the last week or so, but that's okay. Many of you haven't heard this. Um, remember that these are manifestations of who? The Holy Spirit. Well, who's the Holy Spirit? He is the third person of the Godhead. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is a divine being with thought and mind and will and purpose and feeling and personality. And so the gifts of healings is a manifestation of a divine being. That word manifestation in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 literally means in the Greek a shining forth or an appearing. So let's say when the gifts of healings, which is a supernatural endowment of God's healing power being ministered to a person who is sick. When that gift is manifested, it is a shining forth. It is an appearing of God Himself in that form. And God doesn't, it's not just about an arbitrary happening or a gift. It's about an appearing of a divine person. And this divine person is a perfect gentleman. you got to know that about him. And he does not show up where he is not invited. Amen. I'm not, I, I, don't have, I have zero accountability with what's going on out there in the body of Christ. I'm not called out there right now. I'm accountable for this sheepfold. Right? And as responsible for the a spiritual, solical oversight of men and women's precious souls under the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have a great responsibility, my wife and family and I, to make sure that we pastor a church where the Holy Ghost, the divine person, is wanted and welcomed and sought after. That we have some sense about us that we know as a congregation We need Him. We need the Holy Ghost. We want the Holy Spirit. And if He wants to manifest and shine forth in healing power, fine. If He wants to shine forth in prophecy, that's okay. If He wants uh, to move upon someone to stand up and give a message in tongue and then have that interpreted and get a message over to us, I'm fine with that. Amen. Amen. If someone needs a miracle... Hallelujah. If, if the Holy Ghost demonstrates, shows forth in, through me or you or somebody uh, the discerning of spirits and they're allowed to see temporarily into the realm of spirits, we're going to gain something by that. Something's going to be... Many times it's a demonic strategy, right? That is revealed and highlighted and so we can get around that, take authority, avert it. Amen? Amen. Oh, praise God. Listen, we need these gifts. Amen. And so, listen, this ought to make sense to you, but the Holy Spirit, the divine person, is going to do more where He's welcome and sought after than in places where He is denied, quenched, grieved, and shunned. There's no need me teaching you in all the ins and outs about these nine supernatural manifestations before we lay down some foundation that these gifts exist, that they're for us today, and we have to commit as a body, right? I'm a member of this body, but you are too, many of you. And you can be if God's calling you to be. Please do. Amen.
You may have come in today as a first-time visitor, but we saw you as the missing finger we've been waiting on. And we've been waiting on that elbow to show up. It's not been fun without the elbow, but you showed up. Praise God. Now we got the elbow in place. So be prayerful about it. Amen. But, you know, the, the, there's an atmosphere in which these gifts are, are that's conducive to their manifestation. Amen? And to me, it's a sad and tragic thing to hear fellow, fellow ministers, my breed, preachers, to say things like, we don't want any of that Holy Ghost business going on in our Sunday morning service. You know. Or yeah, we believe in speaking with tongues, but we don't dare share that publicly. You know what I mean? Because you, what you do is you create this environment, this atmosphere, where you've told this divine person, we don't want this part of you. That's what they're saying. We don't want this part of you. We like this other part. Bringing people to Jesus, that's okay, Holy Spirit, you can do this, but not that. Who do we think we are? And it's the people that lose. Because the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to what? To profit with all. To profit with all. My spiritual father came to Jesus in his mid-twenties. Having been invited to church, he came to church after much consternation. He finally said to his co-worker buddy that was inviting him to church, if I go to church with you, will you leave me alone about it? He goes, yeah, you come one night, one time, I'll leave you alone about it. So he goes, fine. So now God has this one chance in this service. Dr. Dufresne said, I, I couldn't tell you what the pastor preached on. I'm sure it was good, but I just couldn't tell you. At the end of the service, though, this little Filipino woman stood up in the front row and spoke in this really strange tongue. And when she did, all the hair on the back of my neck stood straight up. And then her husband got up and interpreted it, and the message was, today's the day of salvation. Take it now. And he knew it was God, and he knew God was speaking to me. See, my spiritual father came to Christ because there was a church that allowed the Holy Spirit to shine forth in a supernatural way that brought my spiritual father to Jesus. Think about all the ministers that had been raised up, all the churches that were raised up, all the tens of thousands of people, all the books that were written, that prophet's ministry still moving in the earth, all because God gained him through a supernatural manifestation of tongues and interpretation of tongues. Who knows, there might be another Dr. Dufresne sitting here today. Another future prophet, another future evangelist. Come on. Hallelujah. Who won't get saved any other way. And notice, that, that manifestation didn't turn him off. It wasn't the preacher, the preacher's words that brought Dr. Dufresne to the altar. It was a supernatural manifestation of God's Spirit and power. Hallelujah. But think about this. What if the Filipino woman decided to stay home at church that day? And God didn't use the senior pastor in tongues and interpretation. You see what I mean? We diminish our part in the local body. 
And it matters that you come. But it doesn't just matter that you come. It matters how you come. Dr. Summerall says in his book on the Holy Spirit and His gifts that there are two foundation stones upon which the church, or that the gifts of the Spirit are built. The first one is unity, and the second one is love. Remember I told you 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 are all talking about the same subject. But only a small portion is actually talking about the manifestation of the gifts and actually listing them. The rest of the 12th chapter, amen, we read a good portion of it, but if you were to read the rest of it, it's all talking about how the body of Christ is like the physical body. That I need you and that you need me. Amen? So let's just finish today talking about one of those foundation stones, which is unity. Unity is a key ingredient to the atmosphere in which the Holy Spirit is willing to shine forth in supernatural ways. Simply stated, we can't have the gifts of the Spirit in manifestation if there's not unity in our church. Amen. This is illustrated, you don't have to turn there, but you might write the reference down, to um, Psalm 133. Just a few verses there, less than six or seven. And it talks about where it is good and pleasant where brethren are dwelling together in unity. In unity. In unity. They're together, but they're together in unity. And it says there in that atmosphere, the anointing flows. And the commanded blessing of God is experienced. We have to do more than come together physically each service. We must come together in unity. Now the Greek word for one that is listed here in 1 Corinthians 12 uh, is a, a Greek word for numerical, like a numerical one, one entity. Like my body has many members, but that there's one entity. But there's another Greek word for one. Or uh, you've heard this phrase in the Bible, one accord, one accord. Do you remember that the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost? And it says that they were all together in one accord in one place. Notice it, if unity didn't matter, they could have, the Scriptures could have said they were all together in one place. But the Holy Spirit was not poured out that day because they were all together in one place in that upper room. They were in that upper room together in one accord. Now that word accord in the Greek is a combo word in the Greek, uh, and it means same mind. There's your definition for unity. Right? Not same skin, not same gender, not same age, not same culture, not same story, not same denomination, same mind. Right? Hallelujah. Same mind. Same mind. Come on, say it out loud. Say, same mind. Same mind. Same mind. Same mind. The more we come together with different minds, I want church to be this way. I want the service to go that way. I wish the music would be more like this. I wish Pastor Chris would do that. The more we insert that mentality into our dynamic, the less unified we are. We, what we should do is come together same mind. 
Same mind. Same mind. Well, gosh, there's a lot of us here in this room and some missing that'll be here in another service. How can we all come in the same mind? Well, we just have to agree. Can we agree on this? We want to come to church and experience God and let God have His way. Can we agree on that? I don't care if you have a Catholic background, a Lutheran background, a Methodist background, a Baptist background. Come on, a Pentecostal background, a charismatic background. Can we agree that from this day forward, we're coming to church, same mind, same mind. What's my mind? I don't have an agenda. I don't have a, I don't have a goal except to experience God and to do my part to see to it that God has His way in the service. And if that's teaching, and we walk away knowing in our heart God had His way, glory to God. But if the whole congregation's rolling around on the floor under the power of God, laughing, and that is God having His way, I'm okay with that. Now see, I just stretched some of you right there. Because some of you are not okay with that. Come on, but let God's power, let His Spirit knock off some of that religious junk off of you. Let's stop putting God in a box. You can't operate in the gifts of the Spirit and put God in a box. You just got to come to church and say, hey, I, I trust my pastor. You, you know, I've heard him talk. We're going to contend for biblical, balanced experiences in God. And let's let God have His way. And if, and if that's laying hands on the sick for healing, praise God. Amen. If that's laying hands on people for impartation of whatever God wants to impart, praise God. If God would just have us on our knees seeking His face for the lost for an entire service. And we walked away feeling like God had His way. Come on. If we can agree on that, then we can come to church regardless of our differences, our backgrounds, and come in one accord. Same mind. Amen? Now I'm running out of time here. Of course, you understand that there's a lot that goes into unity. Uh, for time's sake, go over to Ephesians chapter 4. Now you understand that part of unity, achieving unity in any group, is uh, being agreeable, kind, patient, forbearing, not argumentative, not touchy. Hello? Isn't it interesting some of the things the Lord has just had me minister on before we launched out into this direction? Being unoffendable. The danger of offense. Forgiving others. Forgiving yourself. Come on, they're all linked. He's taken us somewhere. I'm not coming up with these sermons out of my head. He's taken us somewhere. Hallelujah. That's why you need to get in the habit of coming. Just keep coming. Just right? get in the flow with us. Don't miss anything. If you miss, get on the podcast, get that in you so that we'll all we'll stay current with one another. And uh, so we can't come and sow discord with our words. We can't come and be negative. We can't come and, and uh, sow discontent. So that's true. But I'm assuming you kind of got that now. But part of unity also means understanding that I have a part 
in my God-assigned local body, and there I must be the member He made me to be, and I must be faithful to bring my supply. If I came in today maimed, I didn't have an eye or an ear, I didn't have a left foot, my arm over here was amputated to the... You wouldn't think of my body as unified. It would be broken, hampered, hindered. Is that not right? Part of what it means to be unified means to be whole. A body, a physical body, like he's describing us in 1 Corinthians 12, has all its members. One reason why 8 out of 10 pastors quit the ministry before they hit their 10-year mark is that their congregations force them to do what they ought to be doing. Well, we got quiet in this Pentecostal church, didn't it? That the pastor's supposed to visit all the sick people. The pastor's supposed to do all the praying and the cleaning and the vacuuming and the painting and the planting of the flowers and the funerals, and the weddings, and all the hospital visitation, and the intercession, and the laying on of hands. And it'd be great if he could sing and his wife could play the piano. <laughs> Amen. And pastors burn out. Amen. And I've not made it 18 years in the ministry. 20 overall. Or a little more even. You know, by trying to do everybody's part. That's right. Hallelujah. Part of us being unified means that you, each one of you, becomes interested, if you're not already, what's my part? What is my part? What is my part? Father, what is my part? Because I want to bring my part. Now, Dr. Dufresne said... Uh, before you get overly concerned with spiritual matters, if you'll just jump in with your natural talent and ability, God will lead you on into the Spirit. Just jump, jump into the work of the kingdom doing natural things. See, we, we, really ham we really hinder things when we think the gifts of the Spirit are for times like this, and if I'm not used in a time like this, then I'm not going to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. No. Our greeters could be used in the gifts of the Spirit. And as people are coming in, maybe they got a word of knowledge, some supernatural insight about what God is about to do. A word of wisdom even. Something about the future. And because they've got that supernatural sense. Amen. A greeter comes in and you get a word of knowledge, that person just had a terrible week. There would be no way for you to know it. And as you're, hey, hold on a minute, brother. God just shared with me that you, you've had a rough one. Let me pray for you before you go get your seat. Right? What if we're having a technical problem in one of our, uh, you know, for instance, we've had some sound issues. Thank God we're not having that today. Hallelujah. But amen. What if our department heads got over and said, now, Holy Ghost, you know exactly. And all of a sudden, they get a word of knowledge. Supernatural insight. Well, now the church, the body is profiting by the gifts of the Spirit manifesting, helping us solve a natural problem in one of our departments. 
Our children's workers could operate in the gifts of healings. Discerning of spirits. Ministering to our children. Are you with me? It's not all about having a microphone, a platform, being amplified. Amen. You've got to change your mind and stop coming to church as a spectator. But recognize I'm a member. I'm a member of a local body. And I matter. And I'm not going to be a wet blanket to the atmosphere. See, I've got to close. We've run out of time. But uh, every one of us, every one of you, me included, we contributed something vital and important to the atmosphere that we're in right now. That's either good or bad. And I don't want to be the wet blanket on the plan of God in the service. I want to contribute my faith, my mindset, my unity, and if my natural talents, my spiritual giftings to advance the body of Christ in my local church. Amen. Oh, we, let me read this verse and then we're going to have to stop. Praise God. In Ephesians chapter 4, look with me in verse number 1, 2, and 3, and then we'll, we'll stop. Uh, Paul said, I therefore the prisoner for the Lord, I'm reading from my Amplified, I appeal to and beg you to walk or lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called with behavior that is a credit to the summons of God's service. Isn't that good? Living as becomes you with complete lowliness of mind, humility and meekness, unselfishness, gentleness and mildness with patience, bearing one with another, and making allowances because you love one another. Now look at verse 3. Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony. Keep that in mind as you come to church. Keep that in mind, moms and dads, boys and girls, as you enter into the home you live in. Don't tear up the unity of your home. You step into that home, strive to keep the harmony. Strive to keep the peace. You'll have heaven in your home if you do. Have a zero tolerance policy for fuss and fighting, arguing. Amen? Settle things quickly and in love. Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness. And oneness of and produced by the Spirit in the binding power of Peace. There is one body and one spirit. He goes, goes on talking about one again. Amen? So in closing today, we need to strive earnestly because we want to have an atmosphere where the gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is free to shine forth in all of His supernatural and wonderfully diverse ways by striving to keep the harmony, right? And protect the oneness. And if you neglect us, if you neglect us, then we're not one because we have missing parts scattered throughout the region. We might have needed your part that day. Not very many days in my life I don't need my legs. I'm glad I got them. Aren't you? You glad you got your legs? Really, is there any part of your body that you think is so unworthy that you're willing to leave it here today? 
pinky toe. We've got some sharp objects in the kitchen back there. If you, no, see, every part is important. See, no, I'm going to leave the way I came, Pastor, right? Amen. Well, you know, I pray there's just so much to say that you'll come Wednesday and stay into, and be praying, read these chapters. We're in store for some wonderful things. Amen. We're not actually ready to dismiss just yet. We kind of have a surprise presentation. And so I'm going to turn it over to the uh, media folks.